0: Hey, if you love this podcast and you want to experience it in social media form, go check out our YouTube page, youtube.com/slash Bill Simmons. Go check out my Instagram, which is sptguy 33 or my TikTok, which we just got going last week. That TikTok is thirty three bs thirty three. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra. Not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game. Right now, than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at mclobaltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring customizable 48 inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Put up a new rewatchables with Shay Serrano. We did Tango and Cash. It was. It was just more fun than I even thought of it. Would. And I had high hopes, And but we had a great time talking about that one. Slice Alone, Kurt Russell. Um, it is a terrible and a terribly great 80s action movie. I was also on Sean Fantasy's podcast, The Big Picture. Coincidentally, same day, we did the Slice the Hall of Fame. So the gimmick on that is you have to pick 10 movies from somebody's career to make the Hall of Fame. The number has to be 10. And you have to agree on it with the uh, other co host So we did it. We somehow pulled it off. 10 Slash Stallone Hall Fame movies. I mean, honestly, you could have put in 17 or 18, but you can check that out on The Big Picture. Coming up on this podcast, we are talking to Danny Kelly, Craig Horlbeck and Danny Heifetz from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. We have a whole fun fantasy football preview with all these goofy categories that we put together. And then after that, Shiel Kapadia, who joined the Ringer a month ago, you can hear him on the Ringer NFL show, We wanted to figure out this whole Eagles thing. He is a diehard Philly guy, has his pulse on the city, and the Eagles now are getting real momentum as a Super Bowl candidate. And they made a big trade today, and we're going to talk about that. And who is coming out of the NFC? Could it be the Eagles that is on next? First, our friends from Pro Jam. (laughs) All right, our guys from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show are here Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, Craig Horlbeck, my rewatchables producer. we spent a lot of time together over the years. We're gonna do a little gimmick. First of all, you should listen to their podcast because it's been fantastic. Even uh, even if Craig is has a hottest take about fantasy football that we're running on the hottest take podcast this week, that completely undermines your podcast. I don't know if I don't know if you told <laughs> don't them about that. It. Don't say. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it, but there's the some hell? undermining going on. Um we are gonna do a, we're gonna do a draft. We have separated. We're going to draft players separated into a bunch of categories. First of all, are you guys excited for this? Before I read the categories, they like. Did you? How much time? How much prep? Danny, I feel like you spent like five hours prepping this. Heifers.
1: <laughs> I I actually uh, couldn't sleep last night, and I figured it all out at three in the morning, which <laughs> is like when all good ideas happen. <laughs> uh, Danny Kelly. Yo. You.
0: First of all, you you love these categories. I can't wait to see if a Seahawk even gets drafted at any point during this entire exercise. <laughs> I think it's unlikely, but we'll find out. Well, I think there's one there. One, a Seahawk
2: has to get drafted.
0: One okay. Category. okay, we'll see. Craig back, you still don't know who your Steelers quarterback is. Um, uh, Tomlin's just refusing to announce it. It's now Tuesday afternoon, so I don't know how that does with the Pittsburgh fantasy guys. Uh,
3: It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if it's pitch. <laughs> Oh, it's Kenny. It's going to be the same thing.
0: It, when you're saying it doesn't matter about your two quarterback choices, it's probably a window into the soul of your uh, upcoming NFL season. Is my guess. All right. Or at
1: least the Patriots do that with their coordinators.
0: No, I'm already done. I'm done. We're, we're not talking <laughs> Patriots. We might not have a Patriot drafted in our draft today. Here are our categories in order. My one true love. That's the first category. So that one is the one I'm just irrationally in love with for their 2022 fantasy season. My crazy pills guy. Craig, you want to explain the crazy pills guy?
3: Yeah, it it could go either way. It's either I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Why aren't people more in on this guy? Or it's the opposite. Like, I do not get the hype at all. Am I taking crazy pills?
0: Okay. So it could go either way. I like that. I like there's a lot of flexibility in that one. Mm -hmm. Next one is my shameless Homer pick guy, (laughs) which I can't wait. We all That's what I was alluding to. Heifetz is a Giants fan. Craig, Steelers, Danny Kelly, Seahawks. I'm obviously a disgruntled Patriot fan. So we have that. We have the my my I wouldn't take him even if he was free guy. I can't wait to see how high the actual price would be for that guy. And we're still saying we wouldn't take him for free. Like, did I consider Christian McCaffrey for that category? I did, but we'll talk about <laughs> get him later. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um the somebody's gotta get points on that team guy. The sorry, that's way too rich for my blood guy. That is the guy and we see this with running backs, especially if you're in an auction, all of a sudden it's like $39 for Damien Harris, like in one of the drafts I was in last year. And you're like, Jesus, I didn't, I didn't realize this was going to happen. It's like being at a, a parent auction with a bunch of drunk parents. The, I know there's a 99% chance he's getting hurt again, but God damn it, I can't resist him, guy. I love those guys. <laughs> the, I just want everyone on that offense, I don't care, guy. I'll be interested. We might all have the same guy. I think it's okay if we all have the same guy for some of these. The my year too early fuck it guy. For Craig, it's going to be uh, George Pickens. I'm just penciling him in already. Three more. The we've all had him missionary position guy. The guy everyone's just tired of. (laughs) It's just a missionary position pick. You're not even like, not even brushing your teeth beforehand. You're just doing it. (laughs) The My phone for the preseason hype guy. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait for the preseason hype guy round. And then last but not least... My, I'd never root for an injury, but he is one injury away, guy. (laughs) Did we get rid of? But I'm
2: kind of rooting
0: for an injury.
3: Yeah. Did we get rid of the? I hate myself for doing this, guy. I was excited for that one.
0: No, we have that. That's on there. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um. All right. So we'll go. We'll go. Let's go in. uh, Heifetz, Horoback, Kelly, Simmons will be the order. So Heifetz, you have the first pick in round one, which is my one true love. Should we do it where if it's the guy's picked, he's just off the board, or can two people have the same pick?
3: Well, our the, our entire podcast is hive mind, so we're probably going to have a lot of the same
1: guys, me, Danny, Danny. <laughs> All right, so we'll do it that. Yeah, certainly, yeah. be overlap. <laughs> Hi Fitz, who's your one true love? It's Justin Jefferson, receiver for the Vikings. Mm. I think Justin Jefferson could be the first receiver to have two thousand yards in a season. I mean, he's already has the most receiving yards through two seasons in NFL history. I mean, he said it himself on the Ringer NFL show this year, like. If Justin Jefferson has had the most receiving yards through two seasons in NFL history on a run-first team, what happens when he's on a pass-first team and he's playing the Cooper Cup role?
0: I like it. I mean, you know, you guys know how I feel about the Vikings.
3: I, I, I have no problem if you want to take Justin Jefferson as the first pick in your
2: draft, just straight up. <laughs> I <laughs> so, like that, too. I wrote this down and then deleted it.
0: So if we're doing a round-by-round round draft, if you're a booger eater or, or you're under 14 years old... <laughs> And Jonathan Taylor would go first, <laughs> and then most people in the Book reader draft, it's McCaffrey second, and then it's Jefferson or Chase, or one of those two, and Cup. Like, ba- I'm with I'm with Craig. I I think Jefferson's second on my board. Where do you have him, Danny Kelly? Uh, I have him at four. I've got McCaffrey, Taylor, Cup,
2: Jefferson.
1: What do you have, Vivas? So the ringer fantasy football rankings, we have Justin Jefferson third overall. So we've got Christian McCaffrey first, which I guess you would think we're double booger eaters for ranking him by round. And then seven McCaffrey
0: first. Honestly, embarrassing. McCaffrey
1: Taylor. But I, I we have Jefferson over Cup. And I think we have that unanimously because it's just. I, honestly, he's going to play a Cooper Cup role, but honestly, Justin Jefferson's better than Cooper Cup. It's one a one B. There's no problem if you want Cooper Cup. I just got him ahead. I think Justin Jefferson's the number one receiver this year. Well,
0: you also have Cup coming off one of the greatest receiver years of all time, which usually is not going to happen two years around. Craig, who do you have?
3: My one true love is Michael yeah. Pittman, the receiver on the Colts. Wow. <laughs> he's just He's just boring. There's nothing interesting about the Colts. Matt Ryan's boring. Even Jonathan Taylor's like kind of a boring first-round pick. But no one is really considering what losing Carson Wentz is going to do for the receivers. On the Colts, which there aren't many, there's Michael Pittman, and then there's Paris Campbell, Kiki Kuti, a rookie, Alec Pierce. Their tight end is Mo Alley Cox. You know, Carson Wentz is like one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the league. Matt Ryan, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. And they didn't throw the ball last year because they literally couldn't because Carson Wentz was so terrible at the end of the season. That's why they were running the ball so much and giving it to Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, Sharp Football has Colts as the third easiest schedule uh, in the league this year. I just think they're going to be throwing more. Pittman's like the clear number one guy. Matt Ryan is underrated. I think Pittman could be a first-round wide receiver next year in the fan- in fantasy drafts.
0: I had him in my keeper draft, and he was pretty good the last half of the season, even on the team he was on. But it just felt, even I test watching the Colts games, it just felt like he was open a lot yeah. to your Wentz points. He, and he's probably him, excited to have a, an actual decent quarterback.
3: And they use him a ton. Like I said, there's nobody else in the team. They treat him like he's like DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones with the amount of uh, targets he's getting. And I, no one's valuing the Matt Ryan thing enough just because no one cares about Matt Ryan anymore.
0: Yeah. And no, by the way, nobody's better down 20 with eight minutes left than Matt Ryan. I mean, <laughs> I, talk about Michael Pittman stats. That's where Matt Ryan thrives. Who do you have, Danny Kelly? I'm going with Kyle Pitts, tight end for the Falcons,
2: who, I mean, legitimately just might be the most exciting, fun player in the NFL, period. Like, he's just awesome. He's He can line up all over the formation. He's basically a receiver at 246 pounds. Uh, he can beat corners down the field. He can line up in the middle and, and just annihilate linebackers. I just think he's really incredibly good. Had an all-time rookie season for a tight end, and nobody really paid attention because, number one, he's on the Falcons. And number two, he had one touchdown, which I think is going to change pretty dramatically this year. Like, Positive regression is coming for Pitts in the touchdown department. I think he's going to go ballistic this
0: year. Love Pitts. And number three, he's not a tight end. Right. <laughs> he's a wide receiver. He's, he's Why do we a, call him a tight end? He he's never tight end.
2: He would be very good just being, if you just changed his designation to wide receiver, like people would think he's one of the best receivers in the NFL.
3: Everybody on the Falcons is just a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, yeah. Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Every position, they just put wide receivers London.
2: there.
1: <laughs> what I love too is the whole thing with like an athletic tight end. It's like, oh, well, if you put a cornerback on them, He's bigger. And if it's a linebacker on him, he's faster. It's like, actually, he's just faster than the cornerbacks, too.
0: <laughs> right. Seriously. Well, also, nobody's covering over the linebacker. If he's on the field, yeah. teams are going, they'll go, cool, we'll play nickel because you're not going to run the ball to Kyle Pitts' side because he's not a tight end. My one true love will not surprise you. I've loved this guy for a couple of years now. We have a really good thing going. Um, a little like Craig and Liz, actually, same kind of thing. Like, it's just, <laughs> just immediately the magic was there, and it's just we're in a relationship now. Nick Chubb, my guy. Oh uh, wow! I've I've just year after year I've had him. I keep waiting for the Nick Chubb, two thousand yard rushing season. Just stay healthy, and just keep cranking out a hundred yards a game. Maybe that one hundred and ninety yarder. But I like that Baker's not on the team anymore. This team now knows who it is. It's not Jacoby Brissett's team for eleven weeks gonna be Nick Chubb's team and I'm ready I I just think that guy I have him I think him and Taylor are the two best running backs in the league just if I had to just pick from talent standpoint if I just wanted to get five to seven yards on a carry and you gave me the same offensive line for every guy I just think Chubb's gonna do the most with whatever and I'm all are you
1: in your main two leagues you care about are you do you have PPR or no
0: we'd have a half PPR in one of them But yeah, he's so he's not really a PPR guy. But (laughs) what he is is a touchdowns guy. And how is that team going to... I mean, you guys saw Jacoby Brissett play quarterback last year, correct? Yeah. He could not complete 15-yard passes. So I just think... I think Stefanski is going to be ball control, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. Very similar to the Colts offense last year. And I'm all in that. All right, Craig, you have... uh, This was your category anyway. You, You can lead us with my Crazy Pills guy. Who is it? I feel
3: like I'm taking crazy pills with Alan Lazard. I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Skaitling are gone. So last year, Alan Lazard was the 46th overall receiver in points. He was the 46th overall receiver. Not great. He's being drafted this year as the 43rd wide receiver. (laughs) We're drafting him as if Devontae Adams and Marquez valdez Skating are still on the Packers. (laughs) He's going up against uh, two rookies, Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs, whatever his name is, and Christian Watson, yeah. and Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins. And Rodgers has already endorsed, endorsed Lazard publicly. I truly feel like I'm taking crazy pills. The, he, Lazard falls under the somebody's got to catch passes on this team category as well. <laughs> but he has to be a top 36 guy, Alan Lazard. He has to be.
0: The problem is it's it's like the TV show where the two biggest stars leave, and then all of a sudden, somebody who was a role player is now the first guy in the credits. <laughs> and you're like, How'd this happen? <laughs> like CSI, <laughs> if just the top three people left, and then it was like, Who's that guy? George Eads.
3: It's like The Office after Steve Carell left. But right, right. the show <laughs> is still on, though. I mean, yeah. like, wait, we have it's Eric like, Rogers. Wait, <laughs> yeah, totally wait, what? Somebody. That guy's so Al Lazard's
1: Robert California is that what yeah, we're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizard King. I like Lizard that one, King.
0: He's James DK. Spader. DK, who do you have?
2: Uh, I have Adam Thielen of the Vikings. Oh, I have Adam Thielen too. Why are people not higher on this guy? I feel like I'm taking crazy mean. pills. I'm got to. Uh, he has been one of the most consistent touchdown scores. I, I understand. I, I know that like touchdowns are random and, and whatever. Not for Thielen. It's just not. It's not random with this guy. He scores touchdowns every year. He's Kirk Cousins' guy in the red zone. They draw plays for him because he's so good at it. Um, I guess it's maybe because he's he's getting old. That's ageism. Come on, he's he's
0: ridiculously good. Well, He's gotten injured a couple of times too, but yeah, I'm at all the pieces. Is like this. Guy, this is the best he's looked in four years. He's completely healthy. Like blah blah blah. I'm, I'm in too. I I I back that one. I actually had him written down as one of my two possibilities for that. I'm really intrigued by Travis Etienne mm. as a crazy pills guy because this is a guy. How many first round running backs have we had? Right, Sony Michelle is a one out of ten on the scale, and then you know you get the Saquon and Zeke people like that. But for the most part, we only get like one or two first round running backs a year, and people really like this guy in the draft. I know, Danny, you like you were yeah. a fan of his, right? It's yeah, like definitely. somebody who potentially could have these games where he has three catches for 120 yards, you know, something like that. Yes, it looks like Jacksonville has shaken off the Urban Meyer curse. They're moving toward being Trevor Lawrence's team. And I just think like he's going to play a ton. And I would much rather take him than half of the guys we have on our running back list. And the only reason not to take him is he just didn't play last year. So I'm in on him. I I think he's going to put up stats. I want him on my team. Hypen, do you have
1: I'm 80 into popular pick. I have Adam Thielen like DK. I mean, in the true sense of the, the Mugatsu, when he's like, I'm taking crazy pills, like all Zoolander's looks, they're the same look. All of Adam Thielen's seasons, they're the same th- season. Like <laughs> half, like he always just scores 12 touchdowns and halfway through last season, Adam Thielen was a top eight wide receiver. The mm. other seven of those eight top eight guys, we all have as top eight again. Adam Thielen is like outside the top 35 at receiver. He's like outside the top 70 overall. In auction, he's like a $7 player. Adam Thielen is a top eight guy when healthy, and they're in a better passing offense now. Like everything about his situation is improved, and the age and the health are like more than baked into the price. I, I don't understand his ranking on other places more than any other player.
0: I don't understand either. Let's uh let's take a break and then we'll come back with more categories. Kickoff week one with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Join today. Get started. $150 in free bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code BS to get in on the action. And you can turn game day into payday all season long. We just talked about Justin Jefferson and his super duper duper star breakout potential. Well, you can go on Fanduel. You can bet on his over for receiving yards. It's thirteen fifty. You can bet on his over for touchdowns, eight and a half, if you believe what we were selling. And by the way, I think we're right on Justin Jefferson. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns. To total yards, to catches, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with promo code BS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 plus in select states. First online real money wage or only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Connecticut, 888-789-777. In Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER. In Michigan, 800-270-7117. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY in New York. Tennessee red line is 800-889-9789. And in West Virginia, 1800gamber.net. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra. Not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at McLobultra.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. All right. DK, you're starting us off here. The I hate myself for doing this guy. <laughs> Who do you have? Uh, this came down to two guys for me, but I'm going to go with Brandon
2: Ayuk for the 49ers. I'm back <laughs> in. Oh, no. Uh, so like, I, I, I think more realistically, I, I think Ayuk, his talent has never really been a question for me. Like, I, He's a first-round pick. Every time he steps on the field, every time he touches it, I'm like, this guy's really good. I just hate myself for buying into anything that is run by Kyle Shanahan. Again, I guess like I'm trusting Shanahan to give him the rock, get him the ball consistently. He's still going to have to be going up against Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I'm I'm buying into the IU hype because apparently he's had the best camp of anybody on this team, maybe. And he's looked incredible and the hype is out of control. And I'm buying into it, but I just know I'm going to hate myself for it later when he gets in the doghouse for some reason and just has like zero targets in week three or whatever. I think
0: that's a great one. I had C.D. Lamb for this, but I'm going to change my mind on it. But the reason I had C.D. Lamb was I just, I I, all of us just like C.D. Lamb. He's in a totally harder (laughs) role than he was last year in Dallas. And I do feel like if you don't get Jefferson or Cup or Chase – There's like, I got to get, all of a sudden you're spending $49 on C D Lamb wondering what just happened. Why are you you paying Justin Jefferson money for somebody who's at a level lower? That's not my guy though. Uh, Mine is Russell Wilson because the quarterback, you get past, you get past Allen and you get past Herbert and you get past Burrow and Mahomes, right? And then it drops. And I just worry if the auction or the draft goes the wrong way and like eight of the 10 teams or 10 of the 12 teams have a QB already. And now you're you're looking at that that Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott kind of group, the Kirk Cousins. And then you start thinking, well, Russell Wilson, well, now he's away from Pete Carroll and oh and, and Cortland and and you just go down this rabbit hole and then you talk yourself into it and five minutes later you're like, God damn it, why did I take Russell Wilson? You spent seventeen dollars on Russell Wilson. Why did I do that? So that's is, my guy.
1: This is what we call YP. This is a you problem. You're the only person who has three or four quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. It's like just take the cheapest guy. It's an auction. That's the whole point. Russell Wilson, you you've left out Aaron Rodgers, like Derek Carr. All those guys can start for you for $2. Aaron
0: Rodgers will not be on my team. <laughs> okay. I I care about team chemistry on my fantasy teams, even though it's not an actual thing. Hi Fitz, who do you have?
1: Uh, I can I give you a team? I yeah. just hate every time I get an Arizona Cardinal on my team. I feel like an idiot. It's like I, That's I don't great. know. It's like, Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins suspended, James Conner. I'm just like, man. I put shit.
2: Hollywood, too, as my backup, I, fits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I always feel dumb whenever yeah. I have a Cardinal. You know, that should have been a category, the
0: I'm staying away from that team team. I think the Card, I feel the same way about the Cardinals. I just, I don't want to bet on them. I don't want anyone on their fan. I just want to, like, pretend they're not happening. Put them over in a corner. Uh, Craig, who do you have? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I hate myself for it, but I'm back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're back You're back on CEH?
3: Year yes. three. I've done it every year. I'm not this giving up yet. The second I read that the Chiefs were going to opt for like a more power run offensive scheme, I was like the Michael Corleone Godfather 3 <laughs> <laughs> It's like, damn you, Chiefs. I'm back. <laughs> oh, you boy. know,
0: we should have known with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we couldn't even make an acronym out of his name. That should have been our first sign that it might not have worked out for him. Yes, uh,
3: CEH doesn't really roll off the tongue.
0: All right, next category is I wouldn't take him even if he was free guy. I'm just going to do it. It's a podcast. Let's make some noise. McCaffrey's not on my team. <laughs> I'm, he's just not. He's played 10 games Come in two my. years. I don't think he could stay in the field, and he's not on my team. I have crossed him off my list. He's not on my draft board. I've told my scouts and everyone in my <laughs> war room we're not drafting him. He is a DND. Do not draft.
1: You That's know, this is how the Patriots he's approach the real draft too. <laughs> <The Patriots laughs> just look at all the best players, like AJ Brown, not on our board.
0: I love Heifetz lob shots at the Patriots, like he's rooting for this
1: amazing juggernaut of a drafting team. <laughs> You've hated like the last seven Giants drafts. Uh, well, I, I I hated the Saquon pick, and then you were out here just like trying to defend it for the I'm, I'm, yet, I'm the still Giants in. I'm
0: still I'm still defending it. I um, you caught me on a bad day with Pat's drafts because we waived. Devin Asiasi, a couple of days after waving Dalton Keene, our two third round tight ends that we, who were so bad, we then had to overpay Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith to make up for these two other third rounders. Anyway.
1: It's kind of like the Patriots bought all these like clothes after they got dumped. And then like a couple of yeah. years later, you're like, man, these don't work for me. It's really bad.
0: The last six years were tough from a draft standpoint. Who do you have for uh wouldn't take them if you were free?
1: So- I, I probably would take him for free. But if, for me, it's Josh Jacobs, like for the Raiders. Like, I just can't. There's no point in the draft he falls where I'm just like, like he, when he had 250 carries a year, Josh Jacobs made nobody happy. And then now he's going into a Josh McDaniels timeshare where there's just no yeah. way he's going to make anyone happy. I would take him if he was literally free. The person I literally wouldn't take if they were on waivers is Kenny Galladay. So ah, I have to. <laughs> yeah, I, also a year, I wouldn't take him on my fantasy team.
0: Yeah, that's not fair. He doesn't count. He's going to get waived. He's after, already I'm, pretty much free at this point.
3: Uh, I I got Darren Waller. Uh, Darren I'm not Waller, interesting. I'm not, I'm not walking away. He hasn't played all preseason. He's been hurt. There's contract situations. Devontae Adams is there. Uh, I I don't love the the Vegas offense in general this year, and uh, I don't I don't need Darren Waller in the second or well, third round. Well, he's like fake
1: hurt. I think he's waiting for his money to get he's guaranteed. He's holding in. Steps yeah. The field. yeah, yeah,
0: that team definitely needs to spend more money on offense and. <laughs> Completely ignore the, the lines and the defense. That was,
1: they waved Leatherwood today. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, if you just stack up all the John Gruden draft picks and you're like, all, every first rounder was a miss. It, it makes me feel better about Incredible.
0: the running the
2: drafts. Who do you have, DK? Well, I had Galladay. He's trending towards being free anyway. Uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> the other person I wrote down here is Michael Hardman. I'm just not falling for it again. I'm not. Yeah. Like, i the opposite of the Corleone thing. I'm, I'm, they're not sucking me back in with this Nicole Hardman thing. <laughs> I refuse.
0: That could have been a category, Craig. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Michael Corleone? The, no, the you showed up at my door again, batting your eyelashes at me, and I'm not letting you in this time. <laughs> That's Michael yeah. Hardman. I, somehow we've all had him. He's been in the league three years. I feel I like he's been on everybody's <laughs> team. And they, 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 I've never been seduced. Oh, my God. Uh, none of us took Zeke Elliott, which I think is an absolute outrage. I had him written down too. All right, all hi right. Fitz. Who's your somebody's got to get points on that team? Talk yourself into him, guy.
1: Craig mentioned him earlier. I mean, Michael Pittman for the Colts. I mean, Michael Pittman literally has more receiving yards in his career than all the other Colts receivers on the roster. Also, Michael Pittman's played in the NFL for two seasons, and yet somehow that's true. Like they have nobody else. Who do you have, Craig? Christian Kirk on the Jags.
0: Oh, no.
3: Who else is catching passes on this team? There's Evan Ingram <laughs> as, at tight end. The other receivers are Marvin Jones and Zay Jones. Uh, he's he's the new Brandon Cooks. I'm going to peg it right now. He will be the new Brandon Cooks. He'll get 1,000 yards every year with Trevor Lawrence, and nobody will care about him.
2: DK, I'm going to go with Wondell Robinson, rookie receiver for the Giants. Okay. Here's the deal. I... I, I, I'm nervous to get excited about a guy who's like 5'8", 190 power, <laughs> 80 pounds or, or whatever. Like, I got too excited about Rondell Bohr last year. Yeah. I should learn from this. I should learn from my mistakes. I'm just not going to do it because the Giants don't have anyone else right now. They got Kenny Galladay, who we've talked about. They have Kadarius Tony, who is... He plays once a week. The most chaotic player in the NFL, maybe. We just don't know if he's going to play any given week. Sterling Shepard coming off an Achilles. Colin Johnson, who was probably going to take over for Kenny Galladay, tore his Achilles. the Their rookie tight end, Bellinger, who Craig, uh, San Diego State alone, uh, Bellinger, he just got a concussion. I don't think he's going to even play in week one. Who's going to be catching passes for this team? They drafted him in the second round, ostensibly with a plan. So I'm going with Wanda Robinson.
0: I really I mean, like I, that one. That's, I that's, debated
1: Wandale for my shameless Homer pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great one.
0: I can't believe I'm picking fourth in this category that none of you took my guy. This is the most obvious pick for this category. Mooney and the Bears. Mm, Yeah. He's He's another one in the Brandon Cook zone. I can't think of a single other Bears fantasy person I would want, including the QB. Mooney's stats last year. First of all, he played every game. 81 catches, 1,055 yards, four TDs, and he's the only receiver that I can even name on the Bears this year. I'm <laughs> sure they have other people that are going to play the position. I just can't think of any. Well, it's just like somebody's got to get to 1,200 yards.
1: The other Bears receivers are all cast-offs from other teams that where they couldn't crack the top five. Like Nikhil Harry. I mean, right. Obviously, the Patriots and the receivers couldn't crack their well, roster. I, Byron I, Pringle, I, they
0: couldn't. Yeah, I promise he's not cutting into uh, Mooney's <laughs> Mooney's stats. This Mooney, happened, I think it was on your podcast, one, one of the episodes you guys were talking about Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. How all the years in a row he's had a thousand yards and I was just like what? Brandon <laughs> Cooks had a thousand like I just had no
1: idea Heifetz, like, do this a- g- give yeah, the so Brandon Cooks so the three players in the NFL have had a thousand yards in six of the last seven seasons so 1, a thousand yards in season six of the last seven it's, it's Travis Kelsey Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks
0: <laughs> and it's he's done it on like four different teams and
1: he'll probably do it again this year so I think
0: Mooney is the uh, I think he's the I a, Brandon Cooks. I got a
2: good stat for you for Mooney Yeah. He had a 26% target rate last year. Sixth among receivers. Sixth. And that was with Allen Robinson on the offense. (laughs) That's that's wild. He's going to have like a a 40%
1: target rate in this offense. Oh, my God. That's a good one.
0: Uh, Next category. Craig, lead us off with the sorry, that's way too rich for my blood guy. Derrick Henry. Yeah. I'm good. Same. Same. I'm not paying. Full can we? Price. Can he just sweep the board? Because I think we. Uh, that's our yeah. number one, right? I'm
3: not paying full yes. price for a pickup truck with 200,000 miles on it
0: and, <laughs> I, and a broken wow. wheel. Wow, no, that's Cito. exactly it. I'm not doing
1: it. I'd rather be wrong, and he just is good every year, than be than the, the <laughs> one year I get him and he breaks down on me. I just that can't be me.
0: Well, that Jones fracture is brutal. Wasn't awesome in the playoff game. Titans are going to be worse. uh, One of the reasons they lost, they have no receivers at all. So you can load the line even more than last year. I'm with you. That's one of those. As soon as that gets over 15 bucks, I think I'm out. He's not on my DND list like McCaffrey. (laughs) (laughs) Like I can't wait for somebody to draft McCaffrey. How many gay? Honestly, if if what would you bet your life? For McCaffrey games played <laughs> this year, You have to pick my a life. life. Would you bet my on
3: life ten? Would be one. your life. Well, you I bet- feel like it's it's only it's either going to be like fifteen or four,
1: and I don't know which one to pick. Oh, it's, <laughs> I think he's going to play. Like, I do think he's going to play like the whole freaking season. I the reason too. I, 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 I really do. All
0: right, next one. Do we have any backups for the? Sorry, that's way too rich for my blood, guy. No,
2: I came in with one and one only. Who is it? Derrick Henry. That's it. Okay.
0: Okay. I had um, I had as backups. Nah, this is gonna hurt Craig's feelings. I'm just gonna do it anyway. You gonna say I, Chase
3: Claypool? No, Najee Harris. Naji, yeah. Well, the, the foot stuff. All the is all not the nerds great.
0: are looking at the unders for his rushing props. Um, I think their <laughs> offensive line is just as. Just as uh, egregious as it was last year. Yeah. There's some injury possibilities with him. He's already banged up. I'm not sold on Trubisky. And yet he's getting thrown. I mean, he, he's at least like a $40 and up guy in an auction. Easily. And he I just he wouldn't a, be on my team.
3: He has a list Frank sprain in his foot right now. Yeah, that
0: makes me nervous.
3: Vibes are not great.
0: Um, I mentioned Lamb. I'm not a hundred percent committed to it, but I just know I'm not going to be paying the big money for him. And the only other one I got to, got to bring up Kelsey. Oh yes. Yes. One of these years it's going to tail off. And we said this with Gronk every year. And then it finally happened. Like the tight ends, the shelf life for that position. It's just, it's six, seven elite years. And then you kind of move into the next tier. And at some point that's going to happen to him. DK, what, what's your, give me, give me your Kelsey research impressions. Like at what point does this start to tail off? Could it be this year, next year? When is it?
2: I don't know. That's, that's like, uh, that is the million dollar question. I think here's the deal. With Tyreek gone, I could build an argument that Kelsey's going to have like his best year ever. Right? But you could
0: also build your argument the other way that now Tyreek is stretched in the field so they can key on Kelsey. Right, and it, it, right. I, I just don't know what's going to happen.
2: If you wa- if you really want to get in the weeds, like the fantasy community, the fantasy nerds are have been talking about how he hasn't been playing as much in the preseason, and maybe they're going to start rotating him out a little bit. This is mm. not like a lot, but trying to take a little bit like load management or whatever. And it's hard to convince yourself to have a first round tight end if he's not playing, you know, the elite number of snaps like he has been over the years. So that is another just very slight slight
0: concern. Generally, I'm actually pretty bullish on Kelsey, but. That is yeah, the, uh, the case for him. Was about. always he is so far ahead of the other tight ends. It actually makes sense to spend capital on him because you just have this advantage at this position. Then you can try to get lucky in the other spots. And
3: he's not as banged up as Gronk. Like he doesn't block like Gronk, and he, he's just been generally healthier for his whole career.
1: I just I wonder. The if, answer if- is like you. I would rather have Kyle Pitts and hope that Kyle Pitts can ascend to that level but get him 20 picks later because that's how you win. And then honestly, instead of betting on Travis Kelsey with like the 12th pick to be just as good as he has to be, I'd rather bet on Juju Smith-Schuster as like your eighth player. And again, we have this argument a lot. It's probably I's biggest argument of this year so far. But I just am team... Even your worst criticism of Juju is that his best years were when Antonio Brown was getting the attention. Well, he's back in that situation because Kelsey's is getting the attention. I just think Juju is like the most obvious guy sitting in plain sight, right, even more so maybe than Adam Thielen of like of a receiver outside the top fifty players that is becomes top five. Juju's like this blaring red like light in the distance for me.
0: I had him coming up later, but I'm happy to discuss this now. I completely agree with you and. It has to be factored in how bad his quarterback situation was.
1: Let's go when from Roethlisberger a, to Patrick Mahomes.
0: You have a guy who did not want to get hit anymore, who had, would it, did they lead the league in just three steps, just throw it 40 yards downfield <laughs> and just let me get rid of this like it's a grenade pass plays? Was that <laughs> what that play was called, the grenade, Craig? What was that play?
1: Uh, Hot potato. Y-
3: Hot potato, yeah. It, it was, a, I mean, you, you just got to throw out everything that's happened in Pittsburgh for the last three seasons, which is why I won't accept any Chase Claypool slander, which I sense is coming.
0: That was another one. No, I, I think they those guys both got kind of tagged as like, ah, those guys are a little unhappy. It's like, I fucking hope so. Their quarterback <laughs> is a dead person. <laughs> Hospital like, balls start happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, we'll take one more break, then we'll wrap it up. This episode is brought to you by Verbo when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises, and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn two percent cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner. Of the NBA, I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at Michelob slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. All right, coming back, I'm leading this category. This is the, I know there's a 99% chance he's getting hurt again, but God damn it, I can't resist this guy, guy. <laughs> For me, it's George Kittle. It's so much fun to have mm. him on the team. He has these games. You'll have him in like a week seven, and he'll have seven catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. And he's just like, and you're watching it because there's no West Coast games on. And he's just like destroying the Cardinals or the Seahawks. He's running a mock. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this guy is Gronk 2.0. And then a week later, it's like, why is the red flag next to his name? <laughs> and you click on it, and it's like, oh, he might have a herniated disc. What? And yet I would still take them again. It's so much fun when they, I I just, I can't quit you, George Kittle. That's mine. Who do you have
1: if it's? I mean, it's this guy called Christian McCaffrey, who when he plays, uh, is the best fantasy football player in the history of fantasy football on a per game basis. Great. <laughs> but, he's, but he's on your D list, D. So. <laughs> Prepare,
0: just filter him out in the draft. Just when, when that knife gets plunged into your heart this year, just like, Pull your chest bone back a little bit so I can get right in there. It'll kill you He's faster. He's stretching
1: twice as much. He's doing twice as much pliability. He's work. doing it's yoga like he now. He's on care. TB12. He's doing the TB12.
0: Oh, God damn it. By the end of this podcast, you're going to talk me into him. I know. I, I know, believe it's it's gonna end up on my flexibility. Yes. Jesus. Who Marshall Falk
1: literally told him, stop focusing on the muscles that make you strong and look sexy and just like stretch more. And Christian McCaffrey's like, okay. Who do you have, Craig? Saquon. I'm so in
0: on Saquon uh, this year.
3: Oh this is No one really realizes it, but this is the best situation he's ever had in his career. He has a competent coach. He probably has the best offensive line he ever has. And this is the year after the year after the big injury. So he's finally healthy. Uh, I love Saquon this year. I think he's going to have the best year of his career.
0: So our year after the year after guys are him and Burrow.
1: Who, uh, who uh, else Dak is a Prescott, 220? A oh, year Dak. after Corlin Sutton a year after the ACL. Mm. and um, Some buzz with him. Exactly. Like, we're out on, like, Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, guys coming off the J.K. ACL, Dobbins. Like J.K. Dobbins. Just because they're back doesn't mean, like, they're back.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, look Co- what Cooper Cup did. Cooper Cup's exactly. last year was the year after the year after. DK, what do you got? I got two guys. Number one, mentioned before, Kadarius Tony of the Giants. If Kadarius Toney is playing, he could be a top 10 receiver. Come on. Legitimately. <laughs> so he's gonna ha- He's going to average 12 targets a game if he's playing.
0: He's like That's, the Anthony Davis of NFL <laughs> young receivers.
2: I love I him. Just, if you're, he's like Russian
3: roulette. Like, I'm down. I'll spin the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously.
0: <laughs> you're oh, like man. walking with the bandana. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, who do you have? Uh, who is your other guy, DK? You, you said here, too. Rashad he Penny
2: of the Seahawks. Who, oh, that,
0: come on. He's going to be healthy. Really? He? Isn't he? <laughs> I thought he was, like, in shape. but I mean, he looks like he's years,
3: Bill. I would love he, that.
0: Bill, when you were talking about Chubb earlier,
2: yeah. I, I, almost, I wanted to bring it up. I didn't make you feel too bad. The Seahawks and the Pats passed on Nick Chubb in that 2019 or 18 draft. DK. Uh, it took Sony Michelle and Rashad Penny ahead of Nick Chubb and just kills me to this day. But I will say Penny looks really
0: good when he's healthy. If you don't think my insane Pats friend Hench and I I've had over 130 text exchanges <laughs> about Nick Chubb not going yeah. over Sony Michelle when they're on the same team and yeah. they literally took the wrong guy from the same team who couldn't catch passes or wasn't... I, I, I'll I, never understand it. Yeah. This is... I can't wait for this category. This is the... I just want everyone on that offense I don't care guy. Fitz, who is it for you?
1: Well, first we have to settle the team. It's the Bills for me. Like if people are like, oh, <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie won the slot job for the Bills. I'm like, cool. I'm in. I'll take it. Don't care. James Cook, running back. Sure.
0: So I had McKenzie too. I'll just jump yeah. ahead. Who'd you Same. have, Craig?
1: I
3: like the Saints. I'm kind of irrational with this, but I just think Jameis Winston was throwing a Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, and Deontay Harris last year. And he was like pretty good before he got hurt, Jameis. He's got three new receivers that are all really good. I, I really want Chris Olave. And I'm down to get Michael Thomas, too. Uh, I just think there's a lot of meat on the bone with the Saints for fantasy.
0: I like it. Who do you got, DK? Uh,
2: I was going with the Chargers, and I put I picked Josh Palmer of the Chargers, who is also, mm-hmm. by the way, good one. the don't root for injuries guy. Because if either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams gets hurt, so I, th- I think that Josh Palmer could have a massive role. Um, and he's I think he's going to be a good player right now. He's just kind of a little bit buried, but this is an offense that Ran a ton of plays last year, scored a ton of points. You're tethered to uh, Justin Herbert, who might be legitimately one of the, if not the best quarterback, like a top five quarterback now going forward. Um, Yeah, I just want every piece of this offense.
0: I had Isaiah McKenzie as mine, but um, I'll go Sky Moore just so we can get him on the board.
2: Mm. Yes. Because
0: I'm, as you know, I'm all in on the Chiefs and Mahomes will get to 5,000 yards and those. Yards will be distributed around in a really beautiful way. <laughs> and I just want chiefs. Um, ruling. Is KJ Osborne a, I just want everyone on that offense. I don't care guy. Yeah. I feel like he kind of yeah. is right. Yeah. For sure. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I like that offense. I think that has a chance to be a top five points offense. All right, Craig, who's your, my year too early fuck it guy? Is it George Pickens?
3: Absolutely, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> the dude looks like AJ Green out there. He's like already yeah. is maybe the best wide receiver on the Steelers. Um, I, I don't care who's throwing passes to him. Once again, Trubisky or Pickett. Pickens already has like the swagger of a top 10 receiver in the league, looks incredible in preseason. He's like big, long. He can block. I love everything about him.
0: The funny thing about football, and I've been loving football a lot longer than you guys because I'm older than you guys. With receivers, you know in like two seconds.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: And there's just certain guys. Like, I remember when Moss came on the Vikings his first year. and You just need to watch like one series. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> that guy's going to be the best receiver of the league. There's yeah. no question. I don't know if Pickens is Moss, but sometimes you know and he just has it. And you could tell. And, you know, especially the only reason he drops was because of the off the field stuff, which is you know, that's usually how you're, if you're going to get somebody second, third, fourth round, it's usually somebody who's got some sort of, well, there is right. a story dot, dot, dot. And then you got to decide how high you want to take them. But anyway, I think that's a good one. Who do you got DK? Well,
2: I had, uh I had pickings, but I'm going to go with a different guy for the, for the sake of this game. Ramondre Stevenson, Patriots.
0: Oh, I think, Oh,
2: I think he's, Really, really good. Like I think he has potential to be really, really good, but he's just gonna Damian Harris is just gonna get in his way, and it's gonna be really frustrating. He's probably gonna go off in 2023, but we're gonna see flashes this year that pull me back in again
0: next year. That's where I'm going, Ramondre. I have Ramondre coming up later. Interesting. Mine is a guy that uh, even though you know my heart's with Nick Chubb, this guy also won my heart. I can be a fantasy bigamist. I can love two running backs at once. (laughs) I love Javante Williams. I had yeah. him on both teams. I thought he was probably like one of the best eight running backs in the league, but they were doing this platoon thing with Gordon. And guess what? They're doing it again. Yep. Yeah. And he's not going to get enough points. Where do we have him on our ringer list? He was like in the thirties? Somewhere he's in there. He's been we've one of the guys to- that
2: we've we've really argued about him a lot just because
0: twenty yeah. yeah. fifth. Listen. He's probably not going to play all the time, and it's going to be hugely frustrating. And You're probably better off just trying to get him and Gordon together, but I I just want to have him on my team, and he's going to be on my team. I'm just telling you, I, I have, I don't know, three leagues. He will be on one of my teams at least, probably more. <laughs> Who do you got, Heifetz? I had Pickens first. I had Javante second. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but you get in that draft, and the heart wants what the heart wants. That auction's <laughs> <laughs> moving. <laughs> That name gets thrown out, your heart starts beating, and sometimes you can't resist. Uh, All right, DK, you're up for the we've all had him guy that you're okay taking with, but it just leaves you cold. I was going to say Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys. Had him written down as well.
2: He's been around, obviously, for a while. (laughs) He's been a very productive running back. I take him in any draft this year, I'm going to be like, yeah that was that was fine. That was a fine pick. I'm not going to get excited about it. He's going to be starting for me every week that he's healthy.
0: Mine is Keenan Allen, who I've had who I had <laughs> yeah. last year. Yep. is this a, Is this a derogatory category or not? It's, it's not really derogatory. It's the pick's fine. You feel okay about it. You feel like you've been there before. You don't get the rush you get of I have Javante Williams. What if he starts playing? Like there's no it's, it's, what if possibilities. You just know like a, exactly what you're getting.
3: You've been married with him for 30 years. Just, you're you're happy. You're complacent.
0: Craig, I had Keenan Allen last year. Keenan Allen's final stats. He had eleven eleven thirty eight yards. He had 106 catches. He had six TDs. Perfectly fine fantasy season. You'll take that him. every year. Yeah. And it every week, it felt like he was like four for 70 with no TDs <laughs> or like five for 52 with a TD and it was just never, you know, especially if that's your number one receiver or close, I want the guy who occasionally is going to have like a 29 point game, which is well, like did, Mike yeah. Williams is by far more fun to have in fantasy than Keenan Allen is. So Keenan's my guy. I had him too.
1: Who do you have if it's? I have Mike Evans, which is just like the higher oh, version of Keenan Allen, but yeah. it's the same thing. It's kind of like you go to a restaurant you really like and you, you go there, but eventually you just kind of are like, ah, I, like, I've had this and I, I don't know. Like it just doesn't call to you anymore. Still a good restaurant, maybe a great restaurant, but it's just, I don't need to go there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe next year.
0: And there's the red flag potential with them too you go to check your team on a Tuesday and you're like, why is there a red flag next to Mike Evans? And then you're constantly, do I cook (laughs) on this or is this going to ruin my morning? Oh, Oh, hamstring. Straight hamstring. hamstring. Oh no. Or when you're watching the games and they show him kind of limping limping off on the, on the sidelines (laughs) and you're like, what happened to Mike Evans? He seemed fine. Always doing okay. Yeah. It's always good. Who do you got, Craig?
3: Amari Cooper. Hmm. Who's now in the Browns, but we've all had Amari. We've all, He's just like Mike Evans. He's always got the red flag next to his name. It always says in the little blurb, like, Amari Cooper, quote, gonna give it a go with the hamstring injury this week. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ah, crap. I guess I got to start him.
0: Yeah, it's always like he's the hero. Yeah. That he, he's going to play for you. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. he's 50-50, but he's going to gut it out. It's like, well, you're yeah. always hurt.
3: He never about- plays any fourth quarter because he's always too dinged up by then.
0: <laughs> I... I had Brady on here as well, just because he's been in fantasy now for 20 plus years and everybody's had him twice. And it's just not, (laughs) it's just never that fun to have Brady anymore. But, and yet you're always regretful that you didn't spend two more bucks on him in October. We're like, why did not I take him? He threw 500 yards today. All right. Two more categories. Ah, this is a big one. The, I fell for the preseason hype guy.
3: We're all going to have the same guy.
0: Ayuk. Oh, who is I was. He was on my list. I it's had seven I guys written down for this. So <laughs> it's this literally is top
2: two. Bill, it's all of them. Everyone with
0: preseason hype, we all file for it. They're all gonna suck. That's the <laughs> end of it. All right. I'm, I'll, I'll go first then. God, there's so many good ones. This this Ravens tight end is being discussed likely. like he's Gronk. Yes. Isaiah likely. It's like he's gonna change my life. He's I'm gonna all change in. the Ravens. That's your
1: one year too early. Guy. I'm always
0: not. I'm so out. But when Don't you get to the tight him. ends, after you get to like three, now you're just throwing darts no. with the tight ends. And I, he's one that, that I guess the model for this is who is Marquez Calloway for this year? The guy that, I think I spent like 15 bucks in one of my leagues on Marquez Calloway and then you watch him and the guy like, can't get open. Um, so I he, I had one and then Pacheco was the other one I had that yeah. feels like he's kind of taunting people. Who do you have, fits?
1: I mean, I feel like, George Pickens is one, and then Damian Pierce for the Texans is yeah. two. It's just like Damian everyone's Pierce. in on Damian Pierce. And DK you shut your mouth first.
3: The hype DK train is in off on jo- the rails for Damian Pierce.
1: People DK are like. He was in on Damian Pierce at, when he watched him on tape in like like early January. I was still doing my <laughs> New Year's hangover, and my TV fell off the wall on New Year's Day. And DK, I'm getting texts from DK about Damian Pierce highlights. And so he Damian Pierce cursed. has a lot of
2: bursts. I think we did a take purge in before the draft. I don't even remember. It was like February. And I and I was like, Damian Pierce is going to be the best running back in this class, and I'm sticking yeah, he with him. He's he's, I you guys shut your mouth. Damian Pierce is going off. He's it doesn't matter that he's an early down runner in a terrible offense.
0: Don't worry about that. He's awesome. I um I made a call before when I said McCaffrey is on my DND. I am ruling uh, Pierce ineligible for this category. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the hype is warranted. It's unfair to compare it to Marquez Calloway. He's fucking awesome. Take, take Pierce. <laughs> yes. Don't be scared. Just go. <laughs> that guy's amazing.
1: <laughs> he will run through think, your
0: face. I think Houston might not be as absolutely horrendous as people seem to think. I, I, to me, it's like there's a little, I feel the same way about them and the Seahawks, where there's a little more there than just people going, throw them off. They're going to be an, an absolute abomination. They're going to be able to run the ball. Mills, the one thing we know he could do is just take three steps back and throw it forty yards downfield. Occasionally someone will make a play. I I, I don't know. I don't I don't think like to me the Bears are gonna be a shit show. And I don't see it with the Texans because one of the reasons is I think Pierce is gonna be really good. So I'm I'm making him ineligible. Craig, who nice. do you have? Nice.
3: Isaiah Pacheco. I ain't falling yeah. for it. Now, there's,
0: that's what that's a legitimate one, because it's like the Ruckers. Wait, what round was he, Danny? Seventh. seventh? There's yeah, no come on. way
3: this man is playing next to Patrick Mahomes in any critical situation. I just <laughs> I'm not buying <behind> it.
1: <laughs> they also just did this fooling us two years ago with Darwin Thompson, who they also type hyped up, who I think was also seventh round pick and then just didn't hasn't done anything in the NFL.
2: He's on the Seahawks, or at least he was until today. I don't know if he is anymore. DK, um, who do you have? I have a check out. I also had Paris Campbell written down for the course. Yeah. He's, oh, every year healthy. it's Paris <laughs> Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's just addictive. I want to believe. S- six games. Six games on the, on the IR for 10. <laughs> I would like to include as a last minute addition, any wide receiver not named DJ Moore and named Moore. Because there's a lot of Rondell Moore and a lot of Elijah Moore hype. I had Elijah Moore on one of my teams, but um, there's Rondell Moore. Last year, all they did was throw bubble screens and short uh, passes to him and they never yeah. threw anything remotely resembling a route, um, which was hugely frustrating because I had him on one of my teams. But mm-hmm. the both Moors are getting a ton of stuff right now and I, I'm just I'm putting my guard up. All right, last category. The I'd never root for an injury, but he is an injury away. Who do you have, Heifetz?
1: I mean, it's AJ Dillon. I mean, for the backers. I mean, if Aaron Jones gets hurt, A.J. Dillon is a top five running back every single week. Agree. What do you got, Greg?
3: I mean, if somebody just like loosens the legs on one of the chairs, Ezekiel Elliott's sitting on
1: (laughs) Tony Pollard
3: uh, (laughs) could really be something. I think everyone's kind of hoping that he gets the opportunity this year, but nobody wants to say it.
1: But here's the thing with the Tony Pollard. He's never done this.
3: Well, this is the thing. Zeke he's never gotten one twenty game touches
1: la- in the NFL or college. Zeke missed one game
3: last year, and Pollard was the number one running back in fantasy that week.
0: I fi- he looked incredible. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I could spot two pays and dentures and good running backs, and Pollard is good. Yes, like Pollard comes in, and you just immediately assume they're going to either run for seven yards or he's going to yes. catch a screen pass for eleven yards. And if you bet on Dallas in a game, and then they put Zeke back in, you're bummed out. Now, the case would be Zeke was hurt last year, but I don't, he's had a lot of hits, man. They back yeah. to college. At some point, it it becomes Craig's car analogy. Uh, who do you have, DK? Uh,
2: I literally had A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard. I'll throw out, throw out Ramondre, though. I think if Damian Harris got hurt or got traded, oh, man, I would love to see what Ramondre could do with like a full workload there, because I just think he's, he's such an intriguing combination of power <laughs> there we go.
0: Those are my so, three guys. Javante, Ramondre, and Pollard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, like, the way he can tiptoe through the line and kind of, like, juke And He's so light-footed, but he's also big and powerful and elusive after the catch. Like, he's he can, uh, in theory, he's potentially be a bigger part of the passing game this year. I don't know. I'm just really excited about Ramondre. But, I man, actually I think, think Harris is in the way. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, th- I, I think both Pat's running backs are really good. Yeah. And the line's okay. We'll see if they can unleash them with this weird new offense they're putting in. But I, Ramondre has a chance. One of those guys, I think, could put up big stats, and I just don't feel like Belichick were ever allowed. But I would say Ramondre probably has the higher upside. Um, and Javante would be the other one, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Where if you have Javante in your team, and it's like, oh, high ankle sprain for Melvin Gordon, like you're running around your office <laughs> yeah, with, that, your, Dem- with your arms up. Denver
3: signing Melvin Gordon... Was like the the fantasy buzzkill of the summer.
0: Yeah. Uh special bonus category. What one dollar quarterback are you the most excited about?
1: A true one dollar quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Because I I like all the other ones. Realistically, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Russ are they're getting bit up. Trey Lance getting bit up. You can get Kirk Cousins for a dollar, and I just am so confident Kirk Cousins is going to be a top ten quarterback minimum. He's kind of always a top ten guy. And they're going to yeah. pass more. Like, there's a, like, I mean, you've talked about on this pod, Bill. Like, Kirk is a, a shadow, shadow MVP candidate, a shadow 5,000 yard guy. Like, Kirk is the obvious one to be.
0: I actually think he's not going to be a $1 guy this year. Yeah. I think there's going to be like a little bit of a Kirk Cousins market and people will be making fun of it as it's happening while secretly getting mad that the price is going up. Like, two or three. Probably fair. Yeah. yeah they, too many good receivers. But I was thinking my guy was uh, Hertz as a $1 guy.
1: Oh, Hertz I think he's going to be go more. He's going to be Hertz more, is, too. What league are you in when Russell Wilson's going for 17 and Jalen Hurts is going to go for a dollar?
0: I'm just throwing out numbers. I, I didn't do a lot of research for the auction prices. Well, what do you have? Where? What is Hurts's? you think he's more than that?
3: Yeah. I so, guess yeah. Yeah, we've so, have him tier two. He'll go in the top ten of quarterbacks, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. So maybe Trey – Maybe. Yeah, Lance. Is Trey Lance a $1 guy? But even he's
3: getting too much buzz now. All the running guys go
1: for too much. You
0: know money. how this works. Eight quarterbacks go for a price and then everybody else is a dollar because nobody else wants to spend on running backs. So Lance like, can Maybe
1: Lance, maybe people might interpret the Jimmy Garoppolo returning to San Francisco news weirdly, but I think that there's going to be two people in every league who want Trey Lance and will bid him up just because it's kind of like you can get that second quarterback very easily in case Trey Lance sucks but you need to kind of have Lance on your team and just in case Kyle Shannon's figured this out and you're getting a fantasy explosion like Mahomes in 2018 or Lamar in 2019 or RG3 as a rookie like if Shannon's figured something like that out out the gate you just need to have Trey Lance on your team. I'm surprised you guys had Hurts this high. I mean, Jalen Hurts, like the first year, like the first sixteen games of fantasy played, he literally had never had less than twenty.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize he. I gotta say, I didn't realize he had seven hundred sixteen rushing yards. That's that's pretty. That's pretty great. So maybe, maybe Trevor Lawrence versus Tua as a one dollar guy would be a fun argument. I was gonna say Trevor,
2: not to step on Craig's answer, but Jameis Winston. Yeah, baby.
1: Tua,
0: how how long would the draft go for you guys to draft Tua?
1: Low. They'd probably I, I, have to, I would leave him on waivers. They'd probably I'm not have a to believer.
3: pay me more auction money to take Tua. To be honest, he's the I,
1: he's the wouldn't touch him if he was free guy. Like Trevor yeah. Lawrence, I'm like yeah, because Trevor Lawrence, I think there's a world this year where he has the Herbert like ascension. It won't be quite as dramatic, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be excellent. too. I'm just like, I mean, week to week consistency. I, I I need to see it to believe it.
0: Wait, so our Ringer draft guide has Joe Burrow behind Jalen Hurts.
1: Yes, because the rules of fantasy football are dumb. And oh, for God. two, like, like, the reality is. Here we is, go. Here we like, go. I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, it, it, it's when ru- a rushing yard is worth two and a half times a passing yard, and yeah, a rushing right. touchdown is worth 50% more. These are the rules. And, like, I'm a big believer that it, if we're not going to normalize yards, at the very least, we should have two quarterbacks or the super flex is standard because it's just ridiculous that Aaron Rodgers is the back to back MVP. And, like, you know, a 10 team league and Aaron Rodgers is not a starter. It's crazy yeah, to me,
3: despite it sounding kind of ass backwards. Like Hertz averaged one more point per game than Burrow last year,
1: and Burrow, like, it pro- like Burrow had a, like almost nine percent of his passes were touchdowns last year, so it's like that's mm. going to come down. But yeah, it's just it, fantasy. We need to get back to the place where Joe Burrow is better than Jalen Hurts.
0: Well, Barry and I talked about this last week. The just to create this world where the fifth receiver on a team is on somebody's fantasy team, but the starting quarterback isn't is. We're doing something <laughs> wrong. I don't know. Like, yep. Tua should be on a fantasy team. And he yeah, probably we need won't to be. all
3: officially pivot to a Superflex or a 2QB league. I think so you guys are all we, pro
1: Superflex? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Next year, we should just go all in on Superflex because it really should be the standard. Like, it, it, it's. I understand some people are like, well, a football team is one quarterback. Fantasy should, too. It's more ridiculous that it's like, actually, you know what makes sense? You don't need Josh Allen because there's so many quarterbacks. Get James Conner for the Cardinals. Like, that's not real life. That's not anyone's <laughs> fantasy.
2: I want to be in a league where Daniel Jones matters. Yeah, I got to be excited. Well, it matters Daniel one Jones way or the play.
0: other, right? Where he could yeah. either matter for you, or he could <laughs> single-handedly ruin your week because you started him against Washington, and he shit the bed. Yeah, I mean that's that's why we always would mess around with that bad quarterback league idea because it, it was some way to kind of capture the other the darker side of fantasy. <laughs> yeah. All right, so maybe maybe that'll be our mission heading into uh, 2023 is to convince people on the Superflex. Heifetz, how many wins is the, are the Giants going to have this year? Six. No Craig, more, how many no wins less. are the Steelers going to have? Eight. DK, how many wins are the Seahawks going to have? Five. <laughs> God, I think the Pats are going to go six, for 11, six and 11. Whoa, this is We're grim. all so down, bad. I'm so we go. all think our teams are under 500 <laughs> this year?
3: <laughs> yes. Are, yeah. I think it's close for Pittsburgh. I think they could go nine and eight. I
1: think they'll be right around there. The Steelers have never had a losing record under Tomlin. So that's actually, I mean, that's the real one to watch this year.
0: I like the, I think the Flores addition is worth like two wins. I like the coaching staff. That's going to be like a very kind of aggressive, aggro, like inclusive, awesome coaching staff that I feel like they can will nine wins out of somebody. Trubisky, Pickett. I have them down for nine and eight somehow. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I have we'll, no we'll see idea Pickett, how they'll get there. We'll see when picket plays. I, I, at first, in the beginning of the preseason, I was looking at the Steelers' schedule and I penciled him in for, I think, week nine or ten. I was having him come in. But now, with how well he's played, I wouldn't be surprised if we bring him in like week three or four.
0: Oof. Yeah, I I had J.J. and I, we were going to bet Dolphins' pats and he was like, you know, J.J., yeah, we'll go, we'll go to Lugas. You're going to be buying me. And I'm like, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> and by this week, I'm like, the bet, I'm not doing the bet the Dolphins are going to win more games than the
1: Patriots
0: <laughs> with Tua, Tua <laughs> as the QB, and they're going to have like three more wins than the Pats somehow. It's grim, man. You can't miss drafts for like four years in a row. You just can't. It's true. It's and you can't tough.
3: have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling Yeah, plays. and you
0: need an offensive coordinator is another rule that seems to work in football. <laughs> just somebody who's in charge of the playbook, who talks to the quarterback during timeouts. Just seems, seems like that's the thing that happens. All right, guys. How many fantasy football shows do we have left before the season?
1: Oh, what ten, maybe? A lot more than you would think. Yeah, hmm. we got we when got it, the one coming this week. We have to take purge. Which, if if you want to check out our show, I think it's one of our favorite shows of the year. And we just have sixty minutes, and we just got to purge all the takes that we build up. So that's coming <laughs> later this week.
0: Great. I wish that they, with the fantasy football drafts, the the Labor Day and then the Thursday start really jams that Tuesday, Wednesday. like it. Basically, those have to be the days, unless you do it the week before, but I like doing my fantasy drafts as close as possible.
1: Oh, yeah. To I'm a huge believer that getting everyone in person is like the top priority, and then as close to the season as possible. So. Yeah. Post-pandemic, gotta be in person. Alright, good to
0: see you. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. I love Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy. They call it sparked energy. I mean, they have peach sunshine. I'm a huge peach guy. Like peach with drinks, I feel like is one of the most underrated drink combo kind of starter things that we have. Well, in this case, these are delicious. They're packed with caffeine and vitamins and minerals that give me the energy I need to get through the day. And a medium is $3 now through March 19th. So drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you have a good team of skilled, talented people, good things are bound to happen. That's true in sports. It's true in business. It can be true with digital companies or websites, podcast networks. If you're running a small business, one of the best places to look for those people is LinkedIn Jobs. They have what you need to find and hire qualified professionals you can't find anywhere else. And unlike other job boards, LinkedIn Jobs has a vast network of professionals like more than a billion people. And it makes the whole hiring process intuitive and easy to manage. They're constantly launching new features to help make the hiring process more manageable. They even created a tool to help write job descriptions recently. Over 2.5 million small businesses trust LinkedIn when it comes to hiring and over 86% find a qualified candidate within the first day Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Simmons. That's linkedin.com slash Simmons to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, been waiting to have this guy on the podcast all month. All the other podcasts are just stealing him, taking them. New addition to the Ringer staff, Shio Kapadia. You can hear him on the Ringer NFL show. At some point soon, you'll be able to hear him on a Philly sports podcast that we may or may not be uh, launching. And today's the perfect day for you to be on. the Eagles they pulled off another trade. They have a lot of good players. We talked about the momentum on Sunday like, hey, why not them in the NFC? Who's do you love an NFC team? They were 16 to 1 on FanDuel to be the number 1 seed in the in the for the NFC in the playoffs on Sunday. Now they're 10 to 1. And yet. And yet, <laughs> the e- the Eagles fans don't like this. They don't like oh my that. Gosh. You both love the hype, but when the actual hype kicks in and people like me start talking about it, it's your worst nightmare. Correct?
4: Uh, absolutely. I mean, what Eagles fans want right now is for you to come on and say this is ridiculous. Jalen Hurts is overrated. All these moves they made—it's going to be <laughs> Dream Dream Team Part Two. And then they want the Eagles to play well, and then they can yell at you. But you're
0: not—you're not letting that happen because you're—you're you're so high on the Eagles. They are not comfortable with this at all. Yeah, what do the Eagles fans do? What's your move? Like, you can't be too optimistic. You can't be mad at other people because nobody else is allowed to talk about your team. So what? what's your role? Just silence? What happens? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think they'll be cautiously optimistic amongst each other, where they're saying, you know what, there are things going in our favor where we absolutely could be the sleeper. But then they'll let like the first three, four weeks of the season play out. If things are going well, then like plan the parade, go off. If they don't, then they weren't too obnoxious in, you know, early September where it can come back to bite them. So yeah, it's like half excitement, which is absolutely warranted for reasons you've laid out. And then half anxiety for like, all right, let's come up with 10 ways how this is going to go absolutely wrong. Wrong, and, and uh, we're going to be complaining about this team come October.
0: Well, the Cowboys are worse. We can say that unequivocally, right? There's no way to look yeah. at the 2022 Cowboys and say they are as good or better than they were last year. So we could start there.
4: 100%. Yeah, I think off season is where it's like the Eagles had this unbelievable offseason, 100% approval rating. And the Cowboys, I mean... They're, like you said, they're just objectively worse. Their receivers are worse. Their offensive line is worse. Their defense can't be as good. So it's just the question of quarterback. Like if you put Dak, I was thinking about this. If you put Dak Prescott on the Eagles roster, I mean, they'll probably be like the runaway favorites to, you know, at least get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. So it's that half and half. How much is that going to lift everyone up Prescott? And then how good can Hurts be with all these great pieces around him?
0: Yeah, the offensive line in the Cowboys with Smith. hes looks like he's out till at least December. And people were worried it was a little creaky anyway. And now it just feels like yeah. that's completely different. They're asking C.D. Lamb to go from what was really a nice spot, right? Where he can be in the slot, he can bounce around. Now he's just the number one guy with the defense keen toward him every time. We have no idea what to expect from Elliott. And, you know, I, I, what were the Eagles? At one point, they were what? You guys were talking about it on uh, one of the shows. They were at least plus 200 to win the division at one point, right? And now yeah, it feels now it's like it's down, moving right? toward the even. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I said 100%. this on Sunday. I don't I just I don't see if you look at this objectively. We know the NFL is a reset button every year. The league just starts over. Throw out what we learned last year, it doesn't matter. All the rosters are different. Just objectively, I don't know how you would not say that they don't have more talent than Dallas.
4: Yeah, 100%. And they have other things working in their favor, and it's they have the second easiest schedule. In the NFL right now, I mean, that is a huge factor. If you can get that one seed and get the buy there, that's going to be a big factor. They have a top five roster in the NFL. You didn't even mention Mike McCarthy. I mean, he should probably be. We've all forgotten about, you know, what a disaster he's been. At times. Yeah. We should probably be mentioning him on the short list of why the Cowboys might come back. They've got the Sean Payton thing just like hanging over. Couldn't you see Sean Payton just going on TV and like week eight and being like, you know, if mm. I were Dallas, I'd probably be doing this instead. Just, right, just, I don't think he's afraid to like, will be afraid to needle that a little bit. So yeah, I mean, it's just hard to see that upside. It was like last year was the year for the Cowboys where they had everything working in their favor, roster, luck, everything, and it didn't happen. So it's hard to kind of see them get to that same level. Again, I think they're a good team. Like I think, you know, I could see them 10 wins, making the playoffs. Uh, it's hard to see them being a great team though.
0: Yeah, and the NFCs, I think, it's definitely the weaker of the two conferences. I had reached a point listening to all of our pods and some other people where people were so on top of this Philly-Dallas thing where it's like Philly, 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 Philly. I I knew it was a bad sign when Joe House bet on Philly to win the (laughs) NFC East like in mid-July. I was like, that's a bad sign. And it just seemed like people over and over again were dismissing Dallas. So like, I don't know, 10 days ago, 12 days ago, I started to veer toward that. You know what? This feels like a zag. Dallas is actually the move. Jalen Hurts. But after the Smith thing, I, j- I just I can't get there. And it just feels like we know where their season is heading now. You mentioned the Sean Payton thing. The Eagles thing, if we're gonna neg the Eagles, is is it's Jalen Hurts, whose stats were better than I think people realized last year. And I can't shake the stink of the Tampa playoff game. So yeah, be Eagles fan Shield, not yeah. uh NFL guy Shield. As an Eagles fan, that Jalen game, how do you leave that? How do you reconcile that over the next couple of months?
4: As you were talking, I'm like, I just need 10 minutes to go through all the reasons why <laughs> this is going to go wrong. Like I was feeling like a pit in my stomach that this doesn't feel right the way we're talking about the Eagles. Uh, it, it is hurts. I mean, you looked at the way that season ended. It looked, you know, the Bucks just had him completely flustered. They were a complete disaster through three quarters. They weren't competitive. They were down. Thirty-one, nothing, and so you look at it, and you look at the rest of the roster, and it's it's all about the pieces around him. You know, no one, I don't think, is saying, hey, Hurts is going to be a totally different guy than he was last year. It's more, they've got a top five offensive line, they got AJ Brown, like he's not going to have to do too much. And I do think one key is like that's a little. I had a little recency bias, like earlier in this offseason, where I'm like, this offense has no chance, but if you zoom out, I mean, they were like the 11th ranked offense last year. And so you're not asking for this like monumental leap from, you know, 27 to eight. It's like, if you can get to like 11 to seven with some good circumstances, then you might be in a good spot. So I actually would say the defense to me is more of a concern. I mean, this hmm. defense sucked last year. I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like people feel like it was mediocre. It stunk. They, they beat up on backup quarterbacks. I think it was Jake Fromm, Trevor Simeon. They played this very passive style where it was like, yeah, you want to complete 70% of your passes against us? That's fine. As long as we don't give up explosive plays. Well, guess what? When you face... Tom Brady or Mahomes or Herbert, they can just like, think and dunk you down the field and uh, and do that for the entire game. And that's what we saw. So uh, this defense to me has a lot more talent, but I could see a scenario where if this thing goes sideways in November, it's not even that much about Hurts. It's more about, wow, we thought that they had all these great players on defense and this defense isn't very good again.
0: Well, it looks like you hit with the first rounder by yeah. all accounts like that. I think if there's a redraft, I don't think you're getting him. What was it? 13th?
4: Yeah, I forget what what uh twelfth or thirteenth, whatever it was. Whatever it was. Yeah,
0: and then you traded more capital for AJ Brown. So you figure you almost have to think of him like a draft pick. You're adding these two assets. You're talking about the defense going through the schedule. Like a lot of bad quarterbacks on that schedule. I always yeah. Warren Sharp has taught me to look at the quarterbacks. Like really, just really focus on that. But like you got Goff in round one, uh, week one. Who knows with Cousins, Wentz, uh, Young Lawrence. Kyler with no Hopkins, Dallas, who knows who the Pittsburgh QB is in week eight, Davis Mills, you got Washington again, Matt Ryan, Rogers, Tannehill, whoever the Giants guy is, Fields, who will probably uh, have PTSD at that point from all the blitzes, (laughs) Dallas again, New Orleans, I don't know who their quarterback is in New York. Not exactly a gauntlet, I would say. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it could be the exact same scenario as last year where they beat up on these terrible quarterbacks and then if you get to the playoffs or whatever, even when you play some of these good quarterbacks in the regular season, your defense looks bad again. But I think that's like a key point. Like they don't really have to be way better than they were last year you know they were like nine and eight and they went into week 18 and sat all their starters so they were nine and seven uh going into the final week of the season and so now yeah. like, what's it going to take to win the division 11 wins if you get some good injury luck maybe you get an extra win in there so um yeah those well, are the also, reasons like, for think, the op- makes me yeah it makes me think, very uncomfortable
0: think about last year though new coach it felt like you didn't really know who you were on offense for about two months there where they weren't running the ball at all. It was kind of odd. As somebody who had Miles Sanders on one of the fantasy teams, it's like, what's happening? Do they hate his guts? What are are they doing? And then by, it felt like December, they kind of felt like they at least knew a little bit who they were. Smith will be better this year. I I don't know if it'll be like a Chase Jefferson jump. I'm not counting on that, but you assume year two will be better. We'll see what they do with A.J. Brown. I was trying, I, one of the exercises I did, which I've mentioned a couple of times in the pod where I just went through everybody's team and tried to figure out how many elite or close to elite players do they have. It was really an exercise that started with the Patriots because I was like, hey, do we have any all pros this year other than Matthew Slater? Like what what kind of team are we? So you go through and then I it, it kind of blossomed that I had these tiers and point systems for each position. I had the Eagles with 10 elite or almost elite guys. AJ Brown, Goddard, Kelsey, Malata, Johnson, Hargrave, Reddick, Gardner Johnson, you just traded for, Slay, Elliott. And that's not counting the first round pick Davis. It's not counting um Hertz. Yeah. Can he be above average? If we're just saying the average quarterback, can he be in the 13 to 15 range? Yeah. That would be cool. Um it's not counting uh Bradbury, right yeah. from the Giants. I, the team's pretty good. And then you think like the lines are good. You have, I I would say the the first, or I have them as the second best offensive line. Some people would have them first. So you know, you're gonna be able to block. And you look at the NFC. It's like, is there a team that has more one through 24 best player talent than them? And I don't yeah, know if there just- is.
4: Yeah. It's really been a huge turnaround. Like when that went season went sideways and they traded him, if you looked at the roster that off season, like they would have ranked very low on right. the list you made any way you cut it. And just the last two off seasons, they've been able to add young players. And also it's like some of the young players they have on the roster really panned out and, and, and delivered and now look like uh high level starters. And the line thing is, you know, not, not to be like big football guy here, but that's like key. I mean, they probably go seven or eight deep on both sides of the line. So like mm. that scenario you mentioned with Tyron Smith, like they don't, the Eagles don't want Jordan Milata their left tackle to get injured. But if he did, we wouldn't be here like, oh my God, their season's over. Like they have options. And that's what their other sort of, Pro Bowl caliber lineman on both sides of the ball. So I think the depth up front is kind of like their secret weapon where even if they do get hit with some bad injuries in September, they kind of have enough to withstand it. And hey, even a quarterback, I mean, I can't believe it. You haven't brought up Minshew yet. Like if Hurts goes down, you know, they're not totally screwed. Minshew I mean, with this
0: supporting cast might be okay. I mean, look, I'm going to have some <laughs> Eagles action. And if Minshew comes waltzing in in October, the thing with Minshew is... What is he good for, seven games? I think physically he probably can't hold up for the grind of a season, but could he do a 2018 Foles or 17, whatever year that was? I blocked that out of my mind. Could he be yeah. like a guy coming out of the bullpen for five games, six games, and actually be additive in some way? I The the Hurts thing is interesting because I test-wise, I I, I I watched three specific games, one where I bet on the Eagles and then two against them where it just felt like he was completely discombobulated. Remember there was that one Giants game. He was just absolutely horrific. Yeah. And the Bucs game, I thought he was horrific. I thought the Bucs just for three quarters, just they were like, this guy, he shouldn't be in the playoffs. And that's kind of hard for me to unsee. So how much of that was young quarterback, new coaching staff, and how much of that is this guy's limited?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think he's a great runner. Like if you look at a lot of the rushing efficiency stats, it's not like quite Lamar at his peak, but it's really impressive. And he doesn't always have the highlight level plays, but uh, he's a fantastic runner. The intangibles like hard worker, good teammate, all those Mm. things are really high. But then you're right. It's like as a passer, is he limited? And I think it's like comes down to two things. One is he's not the most talented pad, like it doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. It's adequate. But if you combine sort of the, the arm strength with not always being getting the ball out on time, so if you're a little late and you don't have the strongest arm, now all of a sudden it leads to turnovers and mistakes. And I think you saw that in the Bucks game and yeah. some of the other things that you mentioned. So it wasn't like one thing that defenses did. I think they did do things to confuse him about, hey, where's the pressure coming from? What four guys are we rushing? Are we rotating our coverages late? All those things played a hand in it. But you're right, there's a scenario where it's like, it was only in his second season. If you, if you learn from some of those uh, circumstances and come back and are better this year, then maybe you do again make those small strides as a passer. Not that he's going to be Mahomes or Herbert, but he doesn't need to be. He needs to be like you mentioned, a top twelve passer, and
0: they're probably winning eleven ish games. I think. Yeah. For think about this logically, his the line is excellent. He has better weapons than he had last year. He's got a year worth of experience now. He's with the coaching staff for year two. He's going to be playing with, if the Eagles are actually good, he'll be playing with the lead a lot, which will really help him, I think. I'd much rather have him up 10 than those scenarios where you bet on the Eagles in a tease and now they're down 10 with 11 minutes left and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? The big thing for me, if you're making the case for them, is like, if it's not them, who is it in the NFC? And we did this a little on Sunday, but even like San Francisco was a team I was really thinking about because I was like, they're all in on Trey Lance. Shanahan will know how to manage the things he can't do. They have a a lot of talent. And then they re-sign Jimmy G or they redo his deal. I'm still confused. I I really thought going into, you know, mid-August, late-August, I thought they were just trying to wait out. I was a believer in that Seahawks conspiracy, right? Just wait till the last possible second. But I was a big believer in get Jimmy G out of there. Because if this is Trey Lance's team, you can't have the old boyfriend lingering around at the bar at one in the morning, like, you know, like, hey, you wanna go have a cigarette? I don't want that guy around. The team likes him. And if it's Trey Lance's team, just give it to him. The same way the Pats gave Mac Jones the team and got Cam out of there. And now Jimmy G's hanging around. How do you make sense of this?
4: Yeah, especially, it's not like they ended on bad terms. It wasn't like the worst breakup where everybody hates each other. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, we've been together, we've had some ups and downs, we'll still be friends. And now you bring that guy back and it's like he's well-liked by all his teammates. I mean, on one hand, I can sort of, if if you zoom out, you can understand it. Hey, it's good to have a backup quarterback. You have a young guy. If he gets injured, you don't want your season to be torpedoed, but there's so many other factors at play. Like, Garoppolo was well-liked and the offense worked well with Garoppolo. Like, if you look at any of Kyle Shanahan's splits with and without Garoppolo over the last, whatever it is, four years, I mean, it's night and day. And so I'm not telling you Garoppolo is a top 10 quarterback or anything, but the offense operated as a top 10 offense with Garoppolo. So and, there's a difference. And he was
0: hurt. He was hurt. And he was With, hurt. with yeah. a throwing shoulder thing all right. last year. Right. And they still, I thought, should have beaten the Rams. I still feel yeah. like the Rams escaped in that game. And if you really, that game was on or in the off season, you know, obviously a tough loss for me. I had San Francisco to win the conference (laughs) and reliving it. And I was like, God, they really blew this game. Like this is like one or two more plays. This game's done. And they just let the Rams hang around. And Jimmy clearly wasn't 100%. You could see it in the Green Bay game too.
4: Yeah. And so if it's week six and they're two and three, and the offense doesn't look great. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, to me, like everyone, you know, you're thinking, all right, he's got Trey Lance, he's going to be able to do more things and Trey Lance can do more stuff when like he's pressured. But I always felt like Kyle Shanahan wants a robot at quarterback. Who's the, who? you know, Kirk, Cut, who's the person who's going to make the right decision on every play and the ball's going to go exactly where it's supposed to go on time. That's Garoppolo. Now he had limitations, but how much do you weigh those limitations versus the mistakes you're probably going to face with a quarterback playing for the first time? So the Niners are just such a high variance team to me. I mean, I can't put my finger on it, whether I think they're a sleeper or whether I think they're not going to make the Super Bowl. When I was listening to your Sunday pod, like a bad, uh, not a bad strategy in the NFC. I think it's right for uh, an underdog or, you know, kind of an under the radar team to make the Super Bowl. Just like pick your two or three favorite, you know, under the radar teams and go with that. Maybe it's the Niners and the Eagles. And you say there's a scenario where Lance is really good or Garoppolo plays and they're a Super Bowl team. There's a scenario where the Eagles make a deep playoff run because the favorites in the NFC with the Bucks and the Rams and the Packers, like I don't remember a time where I had so many questions about the teams that were supposed to be the best teams in the conference. So, yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all if there's an under the radar team getting to the Super Bowl in the NFC.
0: Well, here's the other thing. We have weird years sometimes. Like fucking yeah. Jake the Lowe made the Super Bowl once. You know, <laughs> like you go through, there's some, I always call it the wonk years. There's some like legitimate wonk years that happen, Like the the Kurt yeah. Warner Cardinals year in uh, in 09, where it's, it just makes no sense that that team made the Super Bowl, but they did. And I guess that's when looking at the NFC, I just wish I loved one of those mid-range underdogs. The Eagles were the best one, but I, I think they're kind of moving into the upper class now. So now you start looking at like New Orleans with Dennis Allen. They're 17 to one on FanDuel to win the NFC. Minnesota to 20 to one. Now I got to bet on Kirk Cousins. Arizona 14 to one. I'm not going near the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys 10 to one. We just made the case. Why not to pick them? And then you go, you deep dive and it's like Carolina 50 to one. Like. Comeback Baker year and they have some, you know, they have a couple blue chippers in that team. Matt rules, saving his job, easy schedule yeah. to start the year, yeah. but I'm not picking Carolina. So yeah. then you start drifting back to like the top teams, which is why all of us are like, eh, Tampa. Well, you know, I know Brady almost looked like a guy who was having a midlife crisis <laughs> at his press conference two days ago, but ah, maybe it'll be fine. <laughs> or the Packers where nobody can name a yeah. single receiver. They totally love in the Packers. Or the Rams, who just have hangover written all over them. So, anyway, yeah. who would you who would you pick it if you had to right now today on a Tuesday? Who would you pick?
4: I mean, I landed on what I just did, the Brady Bucks thing like yesterday, writing a piece for the Ringers. I'm just looking at all the teams and I'm going, you know what? I still saw him in the preseason. He can still throw the ball like, you know what? Uh, I'm about to turn 40. Yeah, life, life is weird sometimes. You can take a, <laughs> take a break, maybe had yeah, a reason for it. You're just like overlooking everything with that Bucks team, but you're weird. I do, you know, I feel like that that zag that you were talking about earlier with the Cowboys. I don't know if we play it out. Is it just that, hey, Dak, like he he's hearing everyone comparing him to Kirk Cousins. He's yeah. hearing all this Eagles love and he's just going to be like, you know what? When I'm healthy and on the field, this offense has usually been pretty good. And so screw all that. This is my season. No one's expecting anything out of us this year. They think our coach is gone. I'm going to come out and give an MVP season. So maybe that's the zag. I think that probably made Eagles fans listening
0: to this uh, feel that a little was bit good. better. You, you, yeah. So
4: yeah, I had to, I had to do that. That, but you got some Eagle know, Street cred,
0: finally. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this with the Dallas. We'll know right away. They're Tampa Sunday night, week one. And then Cincy, who I think is going to be excellent this year, um, in week two. Both those games are home. If they come out of that 0-2, that's a write-off to me. Because <laughs> yeah. um, they ha- I feel like they have to win one of those, two, And then, you know, schedule. They haven't even played any road games yet at that point. I was looking at Tampa... Just how much talent that team has. Because it, the exercise I did before, um, they had 10 guys by my calculation Brady, Evans, Godwin, Mason, Smith, Werfs, uh, Vito Villa, Barrett, David, Murphy, Bunting, and Winfield. They also um, have the Brady piece, which the Eagles don't have. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, it makes me nervous with the new coaches, with the coordinators taking over. But I actually like this one. I think Bowls. I, I'm like, a, I'm in the Bowls camp. I thought he on the Jets, like that just couldn't have been a worse situation, where all the stuff he's good at, they didn't have the right personnel. The the offense was bad. I'm really interested to see what he does, and that it just they have the most talent in the NFC. I don't know what that necessarily means.
4: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Usually I'm like, oh, is that what you really want to do? Promote the coordinator? But then we can picture like those times with Arians on the sideline where he just like threw a flag for no reason to prove a point and some of like the game management. And you're like, all right, well, you know, yeah, maybe that that part could be an upgrade. And I just feel like their floor is high because that defense is going to be a top 10 defense, I think, unless they just get crushed by injuries. And so it's not like Brady is going to have to come out and play as well as he did last year. And even the offensive line injuries, like they always show those sort of heat maps, like where Brady throws the ball from. And it's the exact same spot in the pocket on like 95% of his passes and the ball's out in two and a half seconds. So it does concern me. Like I could see it showing up in certain matchups when they play a good team or they play the Saints defense where you're like, wow, he doesn't look the same, but their schedule isn't daunting. Like I think it's a bottom 10 schedule in terms of difficulty. And so they're going to be able to pile up wins that division stinks. And so they're going to be able to pile up wins in the division. So I just felt like, all right, their floor is pretty high. Brady was like still unbelievable for the most part when he played last year maybe they'll be able to figure it out over the course of the season so I settled on him I didn't feel good about it I I'll tell you what what the truth is if the Eagles there were a team with the profile of the Eagles that were not the Eagles I may have picked them to make the Super Bowl, but I can't, I I can't live with myself. If I pick the Eagles to make the Super Bowl and then they suck, everybody I know will blame me, say it's the Kapadia curse. Why did you do that? You went to the ringer, picked the Eagles, and now our life sucks. So I'm not going to do that. So maybe that was part of it as well.
0: Well, I did this once with the Celtics the year Hayward came back and I said they were going to win 67 (laughs) games and it just got thrown to my face. And I'm usually, I try to be pretty objective with my teams, but that year I was just like, wow. We're, look at all the talent we have. We're going to be amazing. And it was the complete opposite. That <laughs> yeah. I mean, that happened with the Dream Team, too. It was the same kind of thing. Like, oh, my God, yeah. we're so loaded. Here's the thing with Tampa. The first four weeks where you think Brady's just missed 10 days, Godwin, I when does Godwin officially, when when can we count on him to play all the offensive snaps? That's going to be, what, midseason? Yeah, I would say. And this, yeah, like, last third of the season? So they go at Dallas that Sunday night at New Orleans the next week, which has been a little house of horrors for them over the years, especially for Brady. That's kind of become in Tampa, that's like his Miami. Home Green Bay week three, home KC week four. You could argue those are four of their five hardest games of the year and they're all in the first month. Probably at the time when they didn't want them the most. You would've wanted easier games with how weird it's been. But to your Bruce Arians point, I saw him on first take today. I watched watched, uh, when he came on, he was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> it was. I honestly, I don't mean to be mean, but he was just a terrible guest. He was like barely alive. And you're like, wow, this guy was the head coach of an NFL team nine months ago. So I don't I, I don't feel like we're New Orleans. People are just acting like the Sean Payton to Dennis Allen thing nice. is going to be fine. I, I don't agree with that at all. But the, the losing Bruce Arians, I think they're going to be OK is my takeaway. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I think they're gonna be okay. And maybe there's value. I guess if you like the bucks based on the schedule you just read out, maybe just wait till the first four weeks play out. Maybe they're two and two. Something happens and you know you'll probably get better value than you do right now. I didn't realize that first month was so tough, but then it obviously gets a lot easier if you just look at it the rest of the way.
0: That's the most fun week one game. There's two actually, because I think Miami and the Pats, although deep down in my heart I know where that game's gonna go. But there's two kind of fork in the road games in week one, which doesn't usually happen. But like if Tampa beats the shit out of Dallas, everyone's going to come out of that game and go, Tampa's winning the NFC. What were we doing? Yeah. What were we thinking? Why did Brady yeah. red herring? He red herringed yeah. us. Why did we fall for that? <laughs> if Dallas beats Tampa, and then who do you play in week one? You pu- or Philly plays Lions. Eagles play the Lions. And you get that crazy Dan Campbell hard knocks. Oh, my God. Jared Goff just beat the Eagles. The Eagles are on one. I thought they were going to the Super Bowl. And that just flips. And Dallas is 1-0. and And the Eagles are on one coming off this Lions loss that lost everybody a shitload of money. And then it just feels like at that point, the NFC will be a snow globe that will just be shaking over and over again.
4: Yeah, the fluctuations week to week. That That's why we love it. But yeah, it's definitely going to be the case this year in the NFC specifically, I think, because there will probably be like six times where you change your mind on who you think oh, yeah. the favorite is. Oh, yeah, I can't that's
0: wait. I can't wait to contradict. <laughs> they, we, we, you'll feel this on The Ringer. You'll contradict things you said three weeks ago. And guess what? People are going to remind you. That's not what you yeah. said. Wait, you said that's three okay. weeks ago. I have this clip. I've cut it out. Here it is. This is what you said three yeah. weeks ago. Uh, long shot, would you go Minnesota if you were just feeling super frisky?
4: I like Minnesota to win the division. That's kind of one of my favorite long shots. Yeah. I do think they can, I just, I have a hard time seeing the ceiling Super Bowl there. Uh, I mean, I don't know how different their odds are than the 49ers, but uh, I really have a hard time once you get below like Eagles and 49ers odds in the NFC, finding a team where I even feel like, you know, e- even a little bit of a possibility of them making the Super Bowl.
0: The, the one odds that I just think are off, and then we'll go on this, the Bengals not being the favorites in the AFC North and the Ravens being plus 145 and Cincinnati being plus 170. It's like we factored in all of our preconceived baggage to what happens to a team that loses a Super Bowl and they don't check any of those boxes. They still have Burrow as a rookie QB. They st- They brought back pretty much everybody. They have Chase you know, who I think is one of the most important offensive players we have now, still with the arrow pointing up. I, they have Mixon, who I think is is one of the top five running backs, and they have, a, a I think, a good offensive line. I don't know if you would have said that a year ago. I don't think it's great, but at least it's a little better than average now. Some playmakers yeah. on defense. And I think Burroughs got it. I really do. And if, if it's like, if my life depended on it, am I taking Baltimore and Lamar in this weird contract situation? I don't know what's, with no receivers, I don't know what's going on there. or the Cincy team that came pretty close to winning the Super Bowl, probably a year ahead of schedule. I don't know why I would take Baltimore.
4: Yeah, I usually love the nerds when it comes to football analysis. I'm on the other side of them on this. I'm with you. You know, there are reasons why you could bet against the Bengals. You know, their schedule was a lot easier last year. The, you know, DVOA, the advanced metrics were not saying that they were a great team, even though they got to the Super Bowl. But, I'm with you. I feel like they've addressed the things and this is really, you know, supposed to be their year. I mean, I think their offensive line is going to be competent. If you remember the first like 13 weeks of last season, oh, they God. were just run, running the football first and second down over and over again to the point where I'm yelling at my TV when I picked the Bengals to to cover those weeks going, what are you doing now? Burrow was coming off a knee injury. Their offensive line sucked. But I think they're just going to be so much if they just pass the ball more, like if they rank in the top seven or eight in terms of like, you know, pass run ratio, which they should with Burrow, I think their offense is going to be so much better. And so, yeah, to me, it comes down to like all right, third and seven in the fourth quarter. Who who do you trust? Like, who do you trust more than Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd in that situation? So passing offense really. Usually just dictates every which teams are good. Well, the ones who have good passing offenses, and I'm all in on Burrow, like you. I think. Me the, too. I think both. I think both those teams make the playoffs. I think I might have them both at 11 wins with the Bengals winning the division, or maybe I have the mm. Ravens at 10. Uh, but yeah, I've got the Bengals not taking that big step back that a lot of people think.
0: Unique opportunity too for them with Burrow in year three, which I think has gotten lost yeah. a little bit. They remind me a lot of the the Pats made the Super Bowl in '96 when they probably shouldn't have. Jacksonville lost. Jacksonville beat Denver. Denver was was going to house the Pats. Jacksonville upset them. All of a sudden, the Pats were in the Super Bowl a year early. And the year after was the more talented team, and then they didn't make it. But yeah. I I just don't think the Bengals were meant to be in the Super Bowl last year, and it just kind of happened. Yeah. But you could make a better guy. I like them and KC are the two. Anyway, uh, so we can hear you, Ringer NFL. You're going to be on Monday and Thursdays this year, and then there's going to be some Philly stuff, and then you're going to pop on here every once in a while too. We're keeping you busy and you can read it on the ringer.com too. That's right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You're doing a whole bunch of NFL pieces for us. It's great to have you aboard. Good to see you. Good to be here. Thank you. All right. That's it for the podcast. Thanks to the Danny's and to Craig from the ringer fantasy football show. Thanks to shield. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing it as always, even though he's mad at me because we, uh, we slandered the Pats. Thanks to Steve Cerruti and Dylan Berkey as well. Don't forget, rewatchables, Tang on Cash. That's up. Me and the big picture talking Slice the Loan with Sean Fantasy. And go to TheBringer.com. We put up this huge streaming TV guide basically to help you week after week try to figure out what to watch. It's really cool. Go check it out. I will see you on this feed on Thursday. Look forward to it.